Welcome back to the final portion, uh, the final um, podcast to Parashat Shalach Lecha. My name is Aro Ben Lyman Hanavi. I'm the author of the commentary. We're going to pick up the final discussion on the bottom of page 12, okay? In closing, I want to restate that the purpose behind the placing of tassels on the garment served as a reminder to keep the commandments. Now, this idea of commandment keeping is a state of mind starts on the inside, as well as a daily function. starts on the inside, it's part of the heart, and it works its way out to your actions, okay? We should never, ever, listen up, please, we should never, ever fall for the age-old compulsory reasons for keeping the commandments of Hashem. In other words, legalism, that is, keeping the Torah for the sake of salvation or behavioral preference with Hashem, is simply not scriptural. To be sure, it is a misuse of the Torah itself. Why do I have to even mention this? Because I know some immature believers who have thought to themselves, wow, I'm suddenly embracing my Hebraic roots. I'm going to strap the seat seat onto my garments and suddenly Hashem loves me more. That's wrong. Hashem loves you as much today as He's going to love you tomorrow. He loves you as much. His love for you doesn't waver. That's the bottom line. He, He won't love you more and He cannot love you less. If you strap the seat seats on, I use the word strap. That's that's probably wrong. If you if you if you attach the seat seat to your garments, great. You are Torah observant. You're on your you're on your way to becoming more and more Torah observant. But if you're not wearing them just yet, if you're listening to my podcast and you don't wear seat seat yet, I don't want to send the signal. I don't want to misinform you. God still loves you. He doesn't love you any less if you don't wear seat seat. But he does desire for you to be a more mature child of of of, of the king. And to that end, we should be growing in our walk with Messiah. This means that we should be becoming more and more like the Messiah. And guess what? He wore them. So, Torah observance is a matter of the heart. It is a natural action of ours, we believers. It's urged on and powered by the Holy Spirit within us. It is the result from having the Torah placed on our inward parts as new creations in Messiah Yeshua. So, it's not something that we do to become saved, keeping the Torah. Rather, it's something we do because we're saved. You know what I mean? So, if you're still not sure you understand the true intent behind Torah observance, which includes the commandment to wear fringes, obviously, then I suggest reading my introductory teaching in this series, which is the Shomer Mitzvot series. It's available at this website, graftedin.com, or you may simply write to me personally. My email address is available at the end of every single commentary, Yeshua613 at hotmail.com. Um... As you seek to become more obedient to Hashem's Torah by adding the mitzvah of the tzitzit, let me go ahead and give you the traditional blessing by which Jews adorn themselves with the talit. Now, I've already said this a little earlier, but let me just read it for you again since it's in my commentary, all right? We're at the top of page 13. It reads in Hebrew, and I've transliterated it for you so that you can have ease of reading using English letters. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Here's the translation. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, for you have sanctified us through thy commandments and have commanded us to wear or to sew the fringes. Quote. It is also customary to recite Psalm uh, 36, verses 5 through 9. And the reason for this choice of passage is is that verse 7 of that psalm contains the Hebrew word kanaf. Now, if you remember, kanaf is usually translated wing or extremity 
or corner, or fringe, and the tallit contains four wings, or extremities, upon which the tzitzit are attached. That's why we, we quote that psalm. Now, to strengthen the connection between this use of the word kanaf, uh, wing, the prophet Malachi, in chapter 4, verse 2 in your English Bible, predicted that when the sun, the S-U-N of righteousness, which is another name for the expected Messiah, he predicted that when the sun of righteousness would arise, that he would have healing in his wings. And we see the connection that when the woman in the, in the apostolic scriptures, when the woman with the issue of blood reached out to touch Yeshua in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 and 21, she was placing her trust in the miraculous healing contained within the extremity of his garment. Isn't that a neat connection to see? If you've never been taught that, I think it's fascinating. I encourage you to um, study the Torah to discover the rich traditions that Hashem has lovingly placed there. She studied the texts. And when she saw the person that was saying that he was the Messiah, in faith she reached out for the tassels of the long-awaited Savior. You see, these traditions are not arbitrary. They carry so much more meaning than we give to them at times. To be sure, Hashem had us in mind when He created these commandments. Amen? Let's close our portion with the uh, with this promising phrase, alright? The end of the Torah portion itself ends this way. Quote, I am Adonai your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt in order to be your God. I am Adonai your God. Now, we've seen this phrase before, or this title, where the, you know the, the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. The Torah seems to want us to not forget it. Why is this title important? Why does God always tell us that I'm the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt? Don't they know that he's the one that brought them out of the land of Egypt? Well, Hashem has revealed an aspect of his character that would later play a very important role in the identity of the Jewish people as a nation. You see, this title would also serve as a reminder to the surrounding nations that with a great outstretched arm, Adonai Almighty delivered his beloved people. You see, um, the people at times would fall into disillusion and doubt. And Moshe would have to argue with Hashem from time to time as well. In fact, you can see Moshe's argument to Hashem in chapter 14, verse 13 through 16 of this book. To be sure, the reference of Hashem as the God who delivered them from the bondage of Egypt would actually become a household name of sorts. God knows that we need these reminders. Sometimes God rebukes us. How dare you follow after another God? I am the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, out of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And yet sometimes he lovingly reminds us that he is the God that brought us out of Egypt. And because he brought us out of Egypt, we can trust in him. He's not going to leave us or abandon us. And to be sure, he can do mighty wonders for us. If he brought us out of Egypt, what else can he do for us? Looking back in the book of Exodus um, to the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, verses 1 and 2, you can also find this phrase used to identify Hashem where he says, um, I'm the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Don't have any other gods before me. And if you thumb through the rest of your Tanakh, through the Old Testament, you're going to find that this phrase is also used numerous times. Okay, 
as believers in Messiah Yeshua, we know that the deliverance from Egypt, which is a paradigm for sin, we know that this is one of the primary character traits of Hashem, which what does what? It unifies the Messiah and the Godhead as an Echad, that is, as a one. God delivers. God sets us free. But He does it through the agency of His saving right arm. It is the mighty outstretched arm of God, the Zeroah of God, the, the arm of the Lord. And the arm of the Lord is a metaphor for the Messiah. Now the name of the Messiah comes from the Hebrew name Yehoshua, which itself stems from the Hebrew name Hosea. And both of these names, both Yehoshua and Hosea, or Joshua and Hosea, both of these names are composites of the two Hebrew words for God and will save. We got Yahoshua. So when we combine this knowledge with the fact that it is Yudhe who offers us salvation from sin through Yeshua the Messiah, then we can begin to understand the significance of the type and the shadow that the Torah teaches us using the exodus from Egypt and how it personally impacts our lives as new creations. The closing blessing is as follows. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech ha'olam asher natan lanu Torah temet vechaye olam natapatocheinu Baruch atah Adonai noten ha'torah Amen Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe You have given us your Torah of truth and you have planted everlasting life within our midst Blessed are you, Lord, giver of the Torah Amen Shabbat Shalom. That concludes our show for today. Remember, because the Messiah has already come, the Torah is now a document meant to be lived out in the life of a faithful follower of Yeshua through the power of the Ruach HaKodesh to the glory of God the Father. It should not be presumed that it can be obeyed mechanically, automatically, legalistically, without having faith, without having trust in Hashem, without having love for God or man, and without being empowered by the Ruach HaKodesh. To state it succinctly, Torah observance is a matter of the heart, always has been, and always will be. My name is Torah teacher Ariel ben Lyman Hanavi. The intro and outro song was produced and performed by Ryan Kingsley. For information on contacting Ryan, you can reach me by email at yeshua613 at hotmail.com. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A number 613 at hotmail.com. Or visit our website at graftedin.com. That's graftedin.com.